Justin, what episode is it? It's been like a month, month been, and a it's half. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. There's a good reason for that. Yeah. Because we all almost died from watching two new movies that came out this summer that we're going to talk about next week. Yes. This week, however, in episode 59, which is the last episode we did plus one. Okay, I would have guessed like 56, honestly. Oh, man, you're selling yourself short. We're going to talk about the metric ton of news that has, you know, backed up inside the super high sci-fi digestive system. I take the metaphorical news laxative today. Hopefully I remember all these news stories. But... Yeah, you know, I think that it's really just going to be some, some high-quality shit. Such as the, I mean, we're just going to go in chronological order from all the news that I had I'd filed away for this. Um, Justin, you play Pokemon Go. Hell yeah. Uh, yep. You're, you're, are you a master yet? Uh, no, because like, it's kind of annoying right now because a lot of people are GPS spoofing and whatnot. Oh, so they just move themselves to where the Pokemon are without leaving their basement? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, I mean, you know. It was only a matter of time before people defeated the exercise component, like the people who put their Pokemon walker thing on fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they stick their cell phones on fans. I meant for the, the, the Pokey, the pedometer thing. Well, they may have done that. I don't know if that would work on a fan, but I know they did it for phones to hatch eggs. They stick yeah. them on fans. And Not surprised. Then, you know, their phone runs into a wall, and it's like, oh, about $600. So about okay, the time that we last saw each other. Yes. Uh Two men in San Diego apparently fell off a cliff playing Pokemon Go. This is just a part of like a whole rash of stories about like people have crashed their cars or, you know, the, like always the the classic story with like the, the sat nav in the car. Like, oh, it, it said to keep going down this path and we drove into a river, but it, it said that the road was there. So, you know, like you heard it here first. I predicted this would happen. I predicted there were going to be car crashes because people were trying to get the Pokemon on the highway. A car, I know <laughs> someone personally who nearly crashed his car because, like, a Snorlax or something popped on the side of the road, and he, like, slammed on the brakes to get it. Right. And so, obviously, people are going to be distracted driving a car, but there are plenty of different ways you can... Driving a car is not a natural thing, so I can almost forgive you for having an accident from distraction, but walking off a fucking cliff... I was like, I'm trying to names. think of a good line of <laughs> argument for like how that could possibly like. Because the car, like you have to, you know, input the, the what you want to do to the pedals and the steering wheel. But if you're walking. Kind of see maybe one person by himself being so engrossed when the uh, when Pokemon Go used to be able to track shit, they took that out. Okay. But being remember like, oh my god, I'm getting closer, getting closer. Like one person maybe fall off a cliff, but two people. Yeah, these guys were apparently together playing it. Were they tethered by a physical cord? That's the amazing thing. It's like, how, number one, how do you fall off a cliff? And then number two, like, do, are you... How do the, two people the, fall off a cliff? The first guy falls off the cliff. Obviously, you do not follow him. Oh, hey, there's a Dragonite down here. Oh, fuck, let me get down there, man. I think there's a Mewtwo down here. Let's jump. Again, like, I, I honestly don't get it because... I guess maybe they didn't know how to play Pokemon Go, but it's like in rural areas where there's like, you know, wild outdoor areas, there's not a lot of Pokemon out there. But if you go to like any, you know, major or minor city downtown area, a lot more Pokemon's found because it's based on like cell signal and whatnot and like how many people's cell phones are around the area. 
Or is it because Pokemon have adapted to an urban lifestyle and are yes, they have become fat and complacent like a bunch of raccoons. Yeah, that's right. They they eat out of trash cans. Is that the new Pokemon, Urbanite? Um, (laughs) I think there is a raccoon Pokemon already. Gross. Uh, like Zigazoon or something like that. Tanuki suit. Zigazoon. I think it's Zigazoon. I'm surprised it didn't call him Spook Jan or something. Being from Japan. Whoa. Well. I'm just saying, Japan... Ja- Japanese can get a little bit, you know... A little racist. Racist. I mean, look at uh, the Jinx, that Pokemon. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's like, like just total blackface, and then they yeah. sort of like backstep the... Bas- oh, her face is actually purple. She still has the lips, though. Right. <laughs> and all, like, all the black guys in Dragon Ball Z have the huge lips and everything. And Oh, Mr. Popo. Well, I him, think that's also the only... Like- no, there's like some legit like guys are supposed to be black guys and they oh. have like enormous red lips. Like the guy in the tournament. Yeah. It was just oh. like and he talks like, you know, a typical black person speak to the like the stereotype. The, there are a couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know, Japan still kind of I, I guess they find that shit funny. They still sell that uh Uncle not Uncle Remus, that's from Song of the South, but Joe's black tar soap or some shit, tar baby soap. Oh, the one that you like sometimes find pictures of online. It's like, yeah. oh hey, my Grace's grandma had this in her closet when she died. Type I saw that shit in Japan. <laughs> so I would be surprised if there, you know, the Pokemon had some racist names. But I'm waiting for somebody to play Pokemon Go, like you know, 747 with all passengers crashes into the side of a mountain because the pilot was playing Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, he's chasing a legendary right. bird. Exactly. Like. He's like, oh, Zapdos is moving so fast. We'll put the hammer down. We'll, we'll drop down 15,000 feet. How many Pokemon do you think are, like, in Fallujah right now? <laughs> and, like, the soldiers are collecting them while they're, like, taking out ISIS guys? Well, okay, so what I don't really get is, like, these people that use GPS spoofing, like, they're like, oh, I want to catch all the Pokemon, whatever. But there's only, like, three exclusive Pokemon that are, like, region-based. Like, one in Australia, one in Europe, one in uh, Japan. Or four, I guess. One in Japan, one in the U.S. So, like, it's not that hard. Like, spoof a little bit, then, like, go and play the game, actually, if you really want to catch them all. But I think Clark's right, though. It was inevitable that people would find a way to defeat the exercise component. Just Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Path of least resistance. Yeah, there's a way that you can get the, the shiny prize without yeah. having to push it into levers in the rat maze. But it's, like, kind of strange, because the company's actually uh, sort of... It, since we last talked, they've tried to shut down a lot of third-party like tracker apps, where it like actually just shows all the Pokemon laid out on like Google Maps or something like that, rather than have to track them down. But at the same time, they're shutting those down. They're also wait, wait, wait. So they had apps that pulled the Pokemon database and just put it out, so you didn't have to move around and search for them. Well, I mean, it made it a lot easier. So say. I'm actually playing the game legit and walking around. It's right. like, oh, there's, you know, a drowsy, you know, two blocks over. I can go walk and get it. I know exactly where it is rather than when the tracking on the phone, the game actually worked. I'd be like, oh, it's like, it's close. I need to walk this way. Oh, it's closer. Keep walking that way. Type gotcha. Um, but at the same time they shut down those services, they got rid of the tracking in game because it was so buggy and it didn't do what they want. So they're like, oh, you can't have third party trackers. And we're not going to let you track anywhere. We're just going to, like, say, oh, there's Pokemon nearby. Go find them. So they've sort of, like, shot themselves in the foot, but... It could be a bold business model we don't understand. Well, I don't know. Like, there's a whole idea behind, like, rapidly iterating through different ideas, but usually when you take out one idea, you should put something in there rather than just be like, 
Fuck all y'all. See are you they, in two weeks. Are they making any money off of this? Oh yeah, they're making millions a day. From just like the microtransactions oh, just, in game. Oh, okay. I didn't know there were microtransactions. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. to buy Pokeballs, to buy little things you can put on Pokestops to attract Pokemon, bigger, you know, backpacks to hold more items. Okay. I, I see Islamic State is also using Pokemon Go. Are they? So are they like capturing the Pokemon? And no, no. Like I saw like an advertisement trying to entice uh, young, you know, young men to come to the Islamic State because that you can. Yeah. No, no, no. You remind me something else, but go on. You come here and capture some Pokemon. We have most exclusive Pokemon. So, what you? Oh, it's a, again. That's not even a good tagline if the person knows how to play Pokemon Go because you can catch all the Pokemon pretty much anywhere as long as you're near like a lake. Yeah, and but somewhere. anybody yeah, use a who, GPS spoofer to go yeah. to Raqqa then. Exactly, but yeah. Anyway, but anybody who's going to join ISIS is a moron anyway. So like they just depend on that. It's like, oh, I can get good Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> Funny story I read. Two things in my mind right now. First one. Funny story I read, a guy actually successfully got funded for, like, an around-the-world trip to catch Pokemon, which, again, on like fucking, like, pro-level scam artist shit right there, because he can, like, sit in, like, his own town and catch all the Pokemon he wants, except for, like, three. So... Was this on Kickstarter or something? Um, I can't remember where it was. This sounds I like a GoFundMe. The, yeah, it was something like a GoFundMe <laughs> or something, or just... You know, being you know paid by advertisers, be like, oh, I'm catching Pokemon for Red Bull. Drink Red Bull; it gives you wings. Type thing, like that sort of bullshit. Wings, but I don't have to leave my basement because I'm spoofing the GPS. Well, no, okay. If I was getting paid to like just travel for like a, you know six months, a year, whatever, it's like fuck, whatever. I'll do that. I'll pretend to catch Pokemon despite having GPS spoofed them all already. And Justin's first stop will be Turkey, where they recently overturned the ban on sex with children. <laughs> So there's gonna are they gonna overturn the ban on sex with Pokemon next? Or? Okay, so <laughs> next thing I just saw, this was just yesterday actually. Um, it was like a GIF on Reddit. I think it was from like a Brazzers like Twitter account or something. Is there making a Pokemon parody? Yes, they're making a Pokemon parody, but it is like fucking hilarious because like you know they have this you know guy dressed up as Ash like going around trying to find the Pokemon, and then like up pops this like porn actress cosplaying as a Charizard. And, like, starts sucking him off, and he's, like, looking through the little AR on the phone. He's like, whoa, this is crazy. And, like, his neighbor next door just, like, looks at this kid, and he has his dick out. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll show it to you after this. <laughs> sounds, I mean. But it's just, like, it sounds like that fucking Bane shit again. Like, the porn parody comedy stuff. It's yeah. just, like. <laughs> I, whoever's writing these porn parodies should be actually writing in Hollywood. <laughs> I know. They do a better job. Yeah, that's. <laughs> They're hilarious. I know. It, I honestly could not stop laughing. It was like, okay, this is actually like kind of funny because it's like Pokemon Go parody and like, oh, ha, ha, sucking them off. And then it just like cuts away. And it's like it, just the most like serious looking face, like guy trimming his hedges. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that's uh, all there is. It's something in production still. So it's like. Daniel, brought your girlfriend home. Nobody cared who I was till I put on the mask. <sighs> yes, yeah, that's really funny. I I just don't see why these people are not in charge of writing the, the quote unquote real movies. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But there's another thing I wanted to cover really quickly while I, I read it like an asshole. Uh, oh yes, Ghostbusters has been greenlit for a sequel. Fuck! How is that possible? It hasn't even made its money back yet, has it? 
Uh, it made back the production budget. I don't think we're ever going to find out what the marketing budget was. Uh, I mean, the problem is that it's banned in China because the communist government is afraid of ghosts or something, but... So that's, you know, obviously money they're not going to make back, but... I knew they were going to go for a sequel when I saw that post credit scene. Like, Zool, what's that? Well, they have to. Now they set it up, like, oh, wait a minute, is it the same bad guy as before, even though it's not the same universe, different? Well, I... Maybe Spock went back in time. What I don't really get is, like, they're like, oh, like, we're, you know, our standalone film, like, whatever, we just, you know, Ghostbusters have a few common things. It's like, oh, well, we're actually just going to have all the same plot points as far as, like, same baddies and whatnot, like... Yeah, I'm really surprised that it got greenlit this quickly. Of course it got greenlit, like... I don't know. But so fast? Like, they should have just greenlit it before they fucking released it then. They probably did. They did. You mean they just announced it later? Yeah. Uh, okay, that's possible. I mean, it is Sony. So people keep talking about their fucking shit movie. Like... I mean, if you read the, the leaked emails, I highly suggest everybody read the leaked Sony emails. Those are pretty hilarious. I mean, I saw the one about Bill Murray. I saw... I saw one about something else. I can't remember what it was. Well, I mean, just generally... Like, the shit they say in there, like, oh, let's just get Obama to watch 12 Years a Slave. That'll shut him up. <laughs> just, I know there was, uh, there was, like, one email about, like, you know, actually, like, talking about one of their marketing strategies of, like, oh, we're just going to, like, market it and, like, pay a bunch of people online to say, like, oh, if you hate this movie, you hate women type thing. I'm not surprised. So, like, they were just, like, you know, pounding that line, you know, rolling it really hard, saying it in every interview and whatnot, like, oh, you know, these women are so good, and, like, you know, if you hate the movie, you mean you hate women type thing, so. You know I hate? Ghostbusters? Well, I was disappointed in Ghostbusters, like, if your your child came home and said that he knocked up a hooker or something, and now you're going to have, like, a grandchild who's a crack baby. Mm. That's the kind of disappointment. Like, you could have done so many great things with your life, and this is what you choose to do. But no, I don't like CBS Paramount because the trailer, I don't know, I know you probably didn't see this, but did you see the trailer for Star Trek Dark, whatever it is? Discovery. Discovery, yeah. Yeah, and it looks like the CGI from like a 2004 video game. It's bad. <laughs> Wait, is that, the, uh, is that the TV series that's coming out? It's the, yeah, the premium web TV series that you have to pay for each episode or have a subscription to CBS Plus or whatever it's called. Yeah, I honestly don't think many people are going to be doing that, but... Yeah, I mean that's like a it's like a stealth cancellation, sort of like oh we're we're trying really hard to put this out there, but oh what do you mean people don't want to pay for our crappy subscription yeah, service? Yeah, in like you know six months after you know they do all the episodes that they had ordered, they'll be like oh you know the reception wasn't very good because you know people didn't want to go to our web service. We're just canceling the whole show. Yeah, well, um, unless it's actually really really good, which I'm open to the possibility it is. In fact, I hope it is, but. It just seems like that that they're it's like they're throwing a bone to the fans of true Star Trek, and they're also setting up that they're going to cancel it. Oh, it didn't work out. Sorry. Yeah, it didn't work out because I think if they really wanted to make it successful, they wouldn't be releasing it on their own crappy, you know, pay-to-play Netflix service. They'd be like licensing it to Netflix or like Amazon Prime Studios or I something mean, to real Netflix. Yes. If the CGI did look like crap, you could be hoping that, like, you know, they pour their money into actual, you know, story writing and, you know, whatever. So it's, like, actually, you know, like, kind of, I mean, again, 
I'm talking on my ass because I haven't seen the original Star Trek or Next Generation, but like those were driven by story, not necessarily the effects in it. Uh, yeah, because there yeah. there weren't any effects. Yeah, there weren't any effects, and like you know, yeah. they just like, oh, we're gonna shake the camera and like. Well, cert- yeah, certainly the original Star Trek, although they've gone back and they've uh, digitized most of the effects now and mm-hmm. re-released them. So, like, all the ship stuff and the phasers and all that, they've digitized those now. So it actually looks like nobody can go and watch it now and say, like, oh, like, you know, it's I can't take it seriously because of the crappy 60s special effects. Unless they actually go out of their way to get the originals. Right, Yeah. which are still out there, of course. But, you know, like, I think by Next Generation, I think they had pretty good effects, and you still watch those even on Blu-ray, and they, they stand up really well. So I, I don't think they have any fucking excuse for but having, even then yeah. i mean next generation it's still like they're still synchronizing which way they're lurching as the camera goes the other way no, i remember one yeah. episode that i watched like they went to some planet that just obviously looked like you know a stage in a studio with like plastic rocks oh, yeah. and like you know smoke machines like, they, that was probably the first or second season yeah yeah they had some brutal sets but i if you're going to watch Star Trek, you're, you'll notice that like Deep Space Nine is where Gene Roddenberry is obviously dead, one. <laughs> and two, nobody who cares about Star Trek is involved with the decisions about special effects because the series just sort of tilts over towards like, hey, wait a minute. We have these computers. We don't have to pay these fat guys to make models anymore. We can have these big spaceship fights and not really spend any money. Oh, we can just have you know yeah, fat so, guys yeah. that would make models <laughs> in back rooms, and we don't have to deal with them. To or do then it effects. becomes let's pay these fat guys who do CGI a right. bunch of money. So, <laughs> but there's no material yeah. cost. Like you buy the, you buy the computer time, and you're good. Like, yeah, we want this ship to blow up this one. I think that's where like the JJ Trek stuff begins, mm-hmm. which we can talk about next week. Okay. Spoiler: We're going to review the big, two big movies this summer. That were hyped up big time. Oh, um, Finding Dory and Secret Live of Pets. Yes. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's really yeah. You mentioned two of them, but I think there's really only been three like actual legitimate huge hits that they've actually pushed as a hit this summer. Like Captain America: Civil War. Was that this summer though? Really? I mean, that was. It was like, in May. May. Yeah, May. So I guess. Like, yeah. The summer movie season, and then yeah, Finding Dory and the Secret Life of Pets. None of which, you know, have anything to do with the ones that we are going to review. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we're already getting Star Trek Four, and they're desperate to make money. So I don't know if you remember the Space beginning balls, the of, of Star Trek One or Star JJ Trek One. Wait, were, the movie? Yeah. No, never seen any of the movies. You never seen JJ Trek One? Oh, JJ Trek. Yeah, I saw JJ Trek. Yes. Uh, yeah, where like the the first ship's getting fucked up, like the shaved head, you know, Indian guy goes over to the the bad Romulan guy's ship and kills him. So mm. Captain Kirk's dad ends up in command of the fuckface, whatever it's called, the the Kelvin. Yeah, sure. That was apparently Chris Hemsworth, which I didn't know. Yes, okay. before he was Mighty Thor, when he was still just some Australian soap actor. Okay. And they're going to, according to JJ, they're going to put George Kirk and James Kirk from the JJ Trek timeline together. So either we have... <sighs> Some revelation that his dad survived the ship exploding around him. His dad's the villain, and he wants revenge on the Federation, right? Just Just like every other fucking villain. Or or there's another like uh, time travel plot, but I think it's more likely his dad's going to be like, I was stranded in space for like 30 years. Why don't you come get me, Jim? 
Or, sorry, I was been in space for 30 years. Now it's time for my revenge. Okay, Batman. And he's like yeah. some mutant now. Well, yeah, yeah. it's going to be like a mutant makeup. Yeah. Like, I'll make the Federation pay. And then it's like the symbols clash and Uhura and Spock are back together, maybe. And Kirk's like, this is going to be a test of those values, guys. And they throw in a reference to Sulu being gay again. You get the cock out of your mouth. <laughs> and then Bones is going to be like, damn it, Jim, I need to inject you with this boner pill. <laughs> Maybe they'll do like a thing like from the original series where they had that um, the time travel thing, the Guardian of Forever, the little portal guy that they stepped through. Can you imagine how badly they would handle that right now? That's what I'm saying. Like They're going to fuck that up really bad. And like they say, like, oh, step back in time. Be like, you need to... You, or they're gonna do like it's like a, a fusion of that and the generations plot where Kirk has to like step back through time or whatever to get help from his dad or something. What if they they had uh, Tom Hiddleston join the cast and they could have him play that that timeline's Picard? So it's like three different people have to come together. Or to they can get the galaxy. They can get Tom Hardy back with a shaved head. Oh yeah, he could be like Shinzon. Buff Picard now. <laughs> Captain Kirk, you feel in charge? I'm Picard. <laughs> if he asked somebody, do you feel in charge, I'd be okay with that. <sighs> do you feel in charge, George Kirk? <laughs> I've come back to return the Federation to you, the people. <laughs> Why are you here? For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really kind of, when I read that, I was thinking like, oh, shit, so now we're going to have uh, but it, I, I thought about it for a second. I thought, oh, shit, wait a minute. The time travel thing's more likely because it's Star Trek Four, Right, so they're going to rip off the plot of a The old Star, Star Trek, Trek movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek Four in the original one is where they go back in time to the 1980s to rescue the whales. What? Was yes. it a stinker? No. no it's, it's actually one of the best yeah, ones. It's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, it's great. It, it just sounds ridiculous. It's, yeah, it sounds retarded, but the thing is that J.J. has kind of copied i guess to an extent the if if not the plot maybe just like the the feeling the, kind of the theme yeah the yeah. themes of the movies so the first movies like didn't really match up with the original first star trek movie i guess to the extent that they had a mystery villain from somewhere else but they had to you know build their universe with time travel mm-hmm. the second one was wrath of khan from everything i understand the third one is more to deal with, like, ah, yes, now the Enterprise is a team, and Kirk is learning to be a leader, learning to take risks after he's, like, you know, had a big loss or whatever. So similar to Star Trek Three, so we're setting ourselves up for Star Trek Four time travel. Awesome. Where Sulu's husband helps him calculate how to go around the sun really fast to go back in time. I thought it was go around the Earth backwards and make it spin the other way. That's Superman. Oh, Okay. We need to review <laughs> classic Star Trek movies. Justin needs to watch all those. Yeah, I think we could make Justin watch those. Yeah. I thought you did some before I... Got no, we just it. ranked them. Yeah, we just uh, ranked them and talked about them from our own individual memories of them. Okay. <clears throat> you should watch them. You'd enjoy them. They're one way to force me to watch them. And I mean, just for the record, though, I, I did read Richard Donner had said that that Superman shot of him going around the Earth backwards was not meant to imply he was making the Earth spin backwards. What was it? It was that he was flying so fast that he was going back in time, so the Earth was rotating backwards. That's not how relativity works. 
I don't think it's how relativity works when you fly around the sun really fast in a Klingon. So then, if prey. Superman was flying <laughs> backwards in time, he would encounter himself flying forward in time. Again, at some like point, we, which means there are two Supermen. We watched. Um, <laughs> well, we inter- know there are infinite Supermen, right? So I mean. we watched Interstellar, so we know the time. You can slow down your own time, but not go back. You're just shaking your head. Murph, SMH. it's me in the bookshelf. Let me out. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big reveal for you on the plot. Yep. No, Dad, no. Do you feel in charge, Michael Caine of NASA? <laughs> then he's dead. When plan A fails, you have my permission to die. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never get old. Ah. <sighs> Uh, what else we have in here? Oh, yeah, my favorite new story. Uh, the Ghostbusters tie-in game developer filed for bankruptcy shortly after releasing the game. Oh, yeah. Not I, necessarily because of the game, but... I remember seeing that, but I, I'd never heard of that studio before. Neither. Well, the game looked like shit. I saw the, the footage. Yeah, well, the game didn't even include the people from the movie, so right. it's like, what, number one, what the fuck? <laughs> like, even THQ's like shitty Pixar tie-ins had the characters from the movie... Oh man, Bugs Life game, that was good. <laughs> but it, it was related to Bugs Life, you know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it had the, the anther or whatever. Yeah, I think it changed the movie. <laughs> THQ's reputation is mostly in making wrestling games. So, or, But they include wrestlers who are from like the WWE. Like, or yes. you can use the custom character creations <laughs> and like make Mario's and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best part of those wrestling games. Right, but still, you get, you yeah, got, it's still it's, wrestling. It's, and it's, it's like, related to the thing that it's about. Like this is just like, oh, the Ghostbusters doesn't mention that. Like, doesn't it say, has like, like the Ghostbuster guns and that's it. Well, it's got it, no, it's like got the firehouse and the Ecto One and the Ghostbusters equipment and shit, but none of the people who are related to anything about it. Just like four random people. It's like, oh, you're like a highly specialized team recruited by the best that aren't here right now because they're on right they, they they're at the olympics like, <laughs> fucking made it it's like oh it's a franchise this is ghostbusters in chicago or something oh wait is that really what the movie's about no okay no no no. Oh. but i'm saying like that would have been an okay explanation for the video game like yeah oh hey there's you're in a different city it's like the ghostbusters is a thing now yeah you signed the franchise deal you have to wear the uniforms mm-hmm Okay, I just wanted to mention that as that was hilarious, that they went bankrupt. Probably a way so they don't have to go about supporting their own game after their release because they fucking hated it. They want dis- like, yeah, to remove themselves from any sort of association with it. Um, I know I sent this to you. Did you catch the Battlefront footage that got leaked out? Star Wars Battlefront, the original one that they built back during that article I sent you about George Lucas meddling in the process? Yeah, Battlefront 3. Yeah. yeah, I think I missed that. That's... Really depressing. Oh, did it look good? Yeah, it looked really fun. If you took, if you had taken the graphics that Dice did for the most recent Battlefront and applied them to the gameplay in this Battlefront three footage, I think you would have had like the perfect game almost. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's an alpha build that they're playing in, but you've got people fighting in space, and then the the trooper that the guy's playing as runs into an escape pod and you follow the escape pod like with a sticky camera like down through the atmosphere and he kind of picks where he's going to land it slams into the ground and gets out starts shooting people oh that's kind of a cool mechanic yeah you can like switch between the air and sp- or the space and ground battles like willy nilly hmm that would be cool yeah sad i know it's sad 
It was think, a really cool idea. I think that was the only thing that people really liked about the Battlefront that came out last year was the the realism of the graphics, and that was about it. I mean, it looks nice, but from everything I've I've read and seen, it, it's just like... It's a vapid, soulless game. Yeah, the gameplay yeah. is really uninspired, and oh, you, well, yeah, want, the, you want that I, blaster? Better prestige up. The little bit that I played, it just... Like, yeah, it's like fun to like pick up and play for an hour or two. Then after that, it's like, and okay, this is actually, you know. Dog shit. Dog shit, yeah. It's like well, it doesn't have any lasting appeal. It's just. Just the fact that, you know, you play Battlefront 2 and, you know, there's a single player campaign. Mm-hmm. There's like a conquest mode. They With have all these different cool. Hilarious story. Right. There's all these single player modes that have a lot of replayability. And I just think that if they had taken those graphics from the game last year, which were awesome, photorealistic, and put them on that Battlefront 3 footage, it would have been, I would buy that game. Even with Darth Icky and the other... Insanius. Dart something. Well, BJ Dart. No, no, BJ no. Dart. Not, I'm not going to buy any, like, the way that George, it would have turned out. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, George can have his hands in the story all he wants if the game plays, you know, solid and, like, you know, has a good, like, campaign conquest mode. I, it could still be fun. But, but if they had released that game back then, I'm pretty confident it would have sucked because, one... George Lucas meddling with all the story shit and making them do all that crap. Again, like, I don't care if the story's total dog shit, if the gameplay is good. I mean, just look at a game like Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, it's obvious the story was cut short and, like, it sucked in that respect, but, like, the gameplay was still really solid and a lot of fun, so, like... Well, I guess that's why one of the reasons why I didn't play Metal Gear Solid Five because when I'm going to spend, like, $70 on a game... Probably didn't play the other, like... Five, six 15, beforehand. I think the last eight, Metal five. Gear Solid game that I played was on the original PlayStation. That was a good one. Yes. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> one, probably. Yeah. That was the first one for the PlayStation, but it was a Game Boy game, wasn't it? Hmm? Wasn't there an MGS Game Boy game? It's where... not canon, but yeah, there was. Yeah. See? Now we're into discussions of canon, not canon. I'll tell you what the best Star Wars game out there is Republic Commando. Republic Commando. I don't, I don't do that one. Republic Commando that was, was pretty awesome. fun. You get to play as like one of the clone troopers, but you're not like a regular loser clone trooper. You're a special commando. Oh, you can actually hit shit? Yeah. Cool. Like, I, I guess they made your clone smarter and less retarded. You know, just to bring that up, I always think about like in the clone troopers were actually good shots, and then the stormtroopers in the original series can't hit anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's because the clone troopers were shooting bug CGI bug monsters and robots. So there's no way they couldn't hit them. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was preordained. Yeah. But no, I, I really I really think that that game, like take the kind of gameplay that they were had in that video or like even like an evolution of the Battlefront 2 gameplay and put those graphics on it. As long as you yeah. still get to go to the Jedi Temple and kill all the children. That seemed like one of the storylines from that alpha footage. Yeah, it did. If the Festa yeah. makes it, you'll have to... Just modded a little bit in order to kill the kids. Because in Battlefront 2, there was a level like that where you attacked the Jedi Temple, yeah. right? And you had to kill a bunch of Jedi Masters, but... I they know. had Padawans in there, too. It was too. okay. That was, it was annoying because you had to defend the, the stupid library shelves that right. they just kill. Because the Emperor wanted the, the library books or whatever. <laughs> I want you to steal the desktop plans. Extremely dangerous for you. 
Sounds like a plot to a movie that's coming out soon. I it does. <laughs> <laughs> Any news about that? Are you just jumping around a little bit? Uh, only that there were reshoots, and possibly the reason they were doing reshoots is to add in the Jedi and George Lucas and Samuel Jackson say that Mace Windu survived being shot out the window. Yeah, I think we talked about that yeah, before. Yeah, I was going to say, we covered that. Uh, no, the, the other thing I want to talk about, aside from the fact that Battlestar Galactica is getting a film adaptation, apparently... So we'll After see. all this time, yeah, we'll see how that clusterfuck goes. When did that end? Like two thousand nine? No. Yeah, because remember they, they Caprica came out in like twenty ten. Well, the it, yeah. the series ended a long time before that, but they kept putting out the movies because they're oh. yeah they're only like yeah because then they made like oh it's the Razor and it's the the last special we're making. Yeah. Um. Was so, there another one like Blood and Fire or something? Yeah, but Ra- Razor was the last one. Apparently. Yeah. Moon Landing, done by a private company. Oh, with a robot. Yeah, that yep. was just in the past couple of days. Yep, and they say they're it's paving the way for a manned moon landing, because Elon Musk is a crazy man, and you can't go to Mars without living on the moon first. Okay, I and mean, that's fine, but what I wanted to talk about was Elon Musk, the crazy man. It used his uh, recovered Falcon rocket booster stage. They got it out of the ocean or off the platform and mm-hmm. polished it again, filled it up, and used it. Mm. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So now they have proved the concept that you can send it into orbit, make it release whatever the second stage is, bring it back home, and then use it again. Excellent. That's, yeah, it's kind of a big deal for making space travel or putting things into orbit cheap. Well, yeah, at least more affordable. I mean, it's not cheap by any means, but I mean, if you know, a private company's like, "Hey, we need a satellite up there. Can you help us out, Elon?" It's like, "Oh yeah, it's you know." Well, how much is half there... the cost of you know another company? Pokemon Go in space. Oh yeah. yeah. How much does it cost to do a Falcon rocket launch? Couldn't tell. Like a hundred million, probably gonna say. It's much cheaper than having NASA do it. Was well, I'm thinking like back in the '60s when they were launching the Apollo missions to send up a Saturn V rocket? Like if you adjust it for inflation, the cost of like doing a launch, then if a Falcon 9 today is a hundred million, you're probably looking at like maybe half a billion or something to do that for Saturn V. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what the Falcon cost, but yeah, the, for like an Apollo mission. The yeah, the Apollo missions were really mm. expensive. Yeah. So beat those commies though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whole re- right. <laughs> Use Nazis to beat the commies. Exactly. Good work. Use Nazis to design superior intercontinental ballistic missile programs. <laughs> I mean, that's what that whole shit was about. Put something in orbit and bring it back on a specific location. Oh, it's just for manned space travel. Wink, wink. Nudge, yeah, nudge. we would we would never have a multiple <laughs> you know, independent reentry vehicle launcher up there. Never have a Merv on the front of that. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Of course. It was a Star Wars line. Anyway, I want to talk about today, before we talk about Ghostbusters and Star Trek Beyond next week with a mystery special guest, what the fuck is wrong with filmmaking? What is wrong with Hollywood? Because this is, the to quote a Hollywood executive, the worst summer they have ever had. Because... Their, you know, two of their three big sci-fi tent poles flopped. Ghostbusters didn't do nearly as well as they thought. Independence Day didn't do nearly as well as they thought. 
I forgot that even came out. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond is making some money, but I mean, all the J.J. Trek movies made money. And then the DC Comics latest attempt at making a movie has apparently been a miserable failure. Oh yeah, Suicide Squad I read is... Horrible. Just a total flop. Yeah, and they, that's Hollywood's been denied like the, their usual, like, oh, at least we got one during the summer. There hasn't... I don't know. At least with Suicide Squad, I feel like... <laughs> It was a problem of they were they like went back and re-edited the movie for a different tone is what I've heard, and like they just were like listening to like people online like oh it's like you know too happy and campy it needs to be darker it's like okay we'll make it darker it's like well now it's too dark make it more campy from just from like trailers people are bitching yeah. about that shit so I don't know I'm I'm okay with the idea of you know having a filmmaker go out make their movie not listen to any shit come back hey here's a fucking film don't fucking cut it any differently here it is. Like Kubrick style, like, fuck you, here, take it. I'll slap you in the face with my dick. Yeah, but he was a weirdo. Well, yeah, it worked, though. It worked, but... <laughs> well, sometimes it worked. I think also he was telling some pretty interesting stories that were either original or adapted from stuff that hadn't already been adapted. Oh, yeah. But now it's either it's a sequel or a reboot or an... A retelling of an existing story. Another ex... like. I don't know what you'd call it, not an adaptation, but uh, exploitation, I guess, of some comic book that fucking nobody read. Pretty much. I just don't get it, because they whine and whine and whine about, like, oh, it's, this is our terrible summer, we didn't make any money. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess this is, like, the first summer where that's, it's happened to this extent. But, like, you know, the past 10 years, you know, that's been, you know, their bread and butter, so they're like, oh, why fucking... You know, fix it if it's not breaking our wallets. Yeah, I guess. I just don't understand. Like, I get, we'll talk about this more next week as to specifically why, in these, the case of these couple movies, the contrast between one that made money, Star Trek, and one that didn't. But I don't know. You, you well, put this stuff out like a year ahead of time announcing you're doing it and everybody says, hey, you shouldn't do that. And then, oh, but we're going to do it anyway. That's because like at that point, all the contracts are already signed and whatnot. They like pretty much have to go on the death march for making a shitty movie at that point. But what I'm saying, what I was going to say is, um, yeah, the big budget movies kind of stuck, sucked. But I mean, we watched that one movie. Uh, I can't remember the name because it was like a little tiny indie film that yeah, was like was clearly impactful. Hey, I Mid- like that movie. Midnight Special. Midnight Special. That was good. And then, you know, Netflix just put out something, Stranger Things. I don't know if you watched that, but, you know, it was, you know, a small indie type thing that was made, and it did really well. I mean, it's more horror than sci-fi, but it has a little sci-fi going on. But interesting thing about that series, it got rejected from every Yeah, for major 20 studio. to 21 times it was yeah, rejected. Before Netflix picked them up. So that just tells you about the mindset of some of... Yeah, and that's kind of fucked up that they're like, oh, well, you know, it's an original story. It has no actors we know, so fuck off. Like, we'll just, you know, go ahead and make our new Batman versus Aquaman movie. I think it's just my opinion. Shit runs downhill. They start with bad storytelling, bad scripts, and it just snowballs from there. Like the Suicide Squad thing, they force the writer to do that script in six weeks. How are you going to expect to get a good script if a guy's rushing it in six weeks? Usually, like, you know, a really good script. Like, I think James Cameron was writing Alien, like, while he was on a, 
I guess like he had to wait or something to while he was making the Terminator to do Aliens. So like that was like nine months or something to write that, and that was a good script, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you expect like you know people to come up with a good script when either you're telling them to rush it or you're locking them into like a certain sequence of events because you're saying we want this to be like a remake of you know, RoboCop, Total Recall, Ghostbusters, whatever. Well, I mean, there are... It's very stifling. I mean, there's, on one hand, like, you know, people like familiarity as far as like, oh, we're going to go see Star Trek because we're watching Star Trek as a kid. But like, as a writer that locks you into a particular universe that you may want to go outside of or break rules that wouldn't work in that universe or something like that. And you're like, well, shit, I guess I can't do that because you know, something in Star Trek that already exists. So well, and I think I have to do something stupid instead. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just that, you know, writers who don't like know, say Star Trek can still do really well at Star Trek. I think like Nicholas Meyer didn't know shit about Star Trek before he did Star Trek two. And if, I think for the longest time he said he never fucking understood like why people were emotional about like the end scene where Spock's dying or whatever, and he it like took him twenty three years like to understand that, but that's a great movie and it's like classic Star Trek. But I think if like studio execs had come in and said like, no, you're gonna do it like this way, this way, this way, and we have to have these things happen, and this has to, we have to sell this merchandise, so make sure that's in the script, and it's just too much like focus grouped like marketing bullshit. Well, yeah, the- writing script, you know, in place of writing scripts, like there are really great writers out there. And like you said, Midnight Special was a good movie, whoever wrote that. But, you know, I think once they get to that tentpole stage where they're like, oh, we need a billion dollar movie or this is like a hit brand or something. It's like they get really gun shy. I they feel just like play it safe. Well, no, I feel like <laughs> the whole summer movie thing has just grown to this like massive beast at this point where like studios yeah they're like we can't take a single risk we're gonna focus group the shit out of this to make sure it is like the most vanilla shit that you know people can palette it's not gonna do anything super crazy it'll be you know the comic book adaptation of the, something that came out in 1992 like that you know not a lot of people remember well and then also too that you know, they're trying to compress everything into, like, a single movie rating. Like, PG-13, I think, is the worst thing to ever happen to movie ratings because now everybody wants to force their movie to be PG-13. Oh, yeah. Because it appeals to everybody. So there's so few R-rated movies coming out compared to, like, 20 years ago. And you think about how many great R-rated movies there are. Come on. Well, but even in direct competition to comic books, that's what I had read about Suicide Squad, one of their big problems. It's supposed to be R-rated. Well, that not, not what it was supposed to be, but the fact that they're trying to do like a an, an edgy script with like the dangerous people, but then they it has to be PG thirteen versus Deadpool, where they said like, all right, we accept this has to be an R movie. Yeah, and that's it just the cost of doing benefited business. greatly from being yeah. an R movie, and that yeah was what made it work. If that had been a PG thirteen movie, it would have sucked. Would have been fucking awful. I think well specifically to DC, they need to just get rid of Zack Snyder. Well, that's like, what I was going to say, though. Unquestionably. If, if you're an executive, I, I, you know, you read about, like, executives visiting, you know, the set or wanting to rewrite something or seeing dailies and saying, like, oh, my God, that's horrible. 
I, I understand why you'd want to keep them away because maybe, like Miley Cyrus said, a 75-year-old Jewish man doesn't really know what the kids want to see. But when you have Zack Snyder in there and he's like, I'm going to make this a dark and edgy film about like what would happen if Superman was real and it's going to be like 9-11 times so 50. I haven't seen this yet. And again, going back to even Watchmen, some, I was reading online that you know the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman actually was better than the film cut. But again, that's a problem with Zack Snyder that he's not able to make a movie that fits into a hour and a half, two hour time window that actually tells a story. He's like, oh, well, I need three and a half hours. Fuck off. Like, another director probably could do that where they could compress a movie down to, you know, be something good. But Zack Snyder's like, oh, well, here's my movie. It's way too long for actual theaters. I think the And it's the to, studio's fault that they cut it wrong. To compress stuff is the problem, though. Yeah, because you see a lot of these things that end up being like, you know, one hour, 50 minutes that, you know, I would sit there for three hours and or almost three hours and it'd be okay, but they cut so much shit out, like so much stuff that like tells me something about the character or explains what's going on. And they just kind of do like all these jump cuts and stuff and like you don't know what the hell's going on. Like I know they did a lot of that in Ghostbusters because apparently like they're all like, nerdy scientist people in the beginning and by the end they somehow went to like you know marine corps school and learned like jujitsu and stuff and it's like at least give me like a training montage or something to explain that <laughs> but but yeah. no and i don't know the whole zack snyder thing there's like there's still it's like a nepotism too many hacks who keep getting a break and yeah keep getting like free passes on stuff like x-men apocalypse I haven't watched it yet, but I, I am going to. But from everything I've read, and I know Clark's seen it, and you told yep. me it really sucked. It's it like kind of boring. The same people are involved in these movies year after year, and they turn out the same shitty movies. Like the producer guy behind that, Simon Kinberg, he's been doing this shit since, like, I think X-Men 2 or something in 2003. So he is partially responsible for X-Men The Last Stand. That guy should have been fired. He should have never worked in the franchise again. Again, like, I feel like maybe it's just a lack of available directors who have talent at the moment or something like that, or a lack of writers that have. But this was the, the Brian Singer again. Yeah. I don't think oh. there's any lack of directors that have talent. I think it's just really hard to break into, because you're not seen as marketable, right? If you, like, or the Yeah, if you see Zack Schneider on a poster, like, some, you know... Popcorn eating moviegoer is gonna be like, oh, Zack Snyder, right? Like he's a movie. brand, yeah. And so is Brian Singer, and I I feel bad because the studios sometimes when they try to take a risk and give like an unknown guy a, a shot, it turns out to be like fucking Josh Trank on the Fantastic Four movie, <laughs> and who gets he, which, into fights with his actors, right? And, who and like him and Miles Teller like apparently almost beat each other up on the set or something, and. You know, he f completely fucked up the movie. And, you know, like, what's the response of a Hollywood exec to that? It's like, oh, shit, like, we're never taking a risk like that again with an unknown guy. We're only going to get Zack Snyder-type guys now because at least we know they're going to make our money back for us. Well, well that's the problem. Like, yeah. I'll tell you with Apocalypse, the movie, is that it starts out with, uh, I'm Apocalypse in, in ancient Egypt. I'm evil. I get buried when, when my pyramid collapses. And then, oh hey, people that only people who have read the comic books would jack off to and know about, let's be evil. 
And then, oh, look, now it's like the Game of Thrones girl and some asshole playing Cyclops. And look, it's Hugh Jackman. Remember him? Because we're inside Colonel Stryker's evil base. So you've got to have Wolverine in there in the big dam. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for watching the movie, guys. See you later. Bye. It's so uninspired. The script is so lazy. That's what I mean. It's fucking boring. Yeah. I I just, you know, and they have these cycles for like they're compressed. Like you got to, like every two years we're going to release a movie or something. You know, maybe they just need, like, look, maybe it's the same thing as like Apple now that they say that they're going to go to a longer release cycle for iPhones, that it's not going to be like an every two year thing where they do a major redesign. Maybe movie franchises have to start doing that. I mean, maybe like, Give them another year so that they can at least try to get the script like oh. really polished. So, but then like you're like unfortunately like for Spider Man and like those type of movies like at least Spider Man I know is a case. Sony Pictures has to make a Spider Man movie like every X years in order to keep the Spider Man license or also to like revert to Marvel or something. So they like they gave up on that. Yeah, they yeah. ended up you know partnering with Marvel. It's like okay, we'll get the distribution. You handle the writing, and we'll both make a bunch of money. And I'm they sure still they keep have their option. Right. They still keep their license to do it. Oh, okay. So I'm, Sony can still make yeah. another one if they want to. I'm, I'm sure they have a similar deal with X-Men or whatever. You know. I think Fox just straight up owns X-Men, yeah. and they're like okay. holding on to that. Well, then they have no excuse that, not to extend it a little bit. I mean, the problem is just that like you know, they seed with so many movies. Like, I don't know if like they are scared that people will forget the story that they're telling or something like that, or they want to like keep like some, you know universe going you know because you know it's cool to have a you know a cinematic universe for your franchises now like and they just want like oh we have to put it out every two years or else you know people forget that you know wolverine was doing this you know two years ago i don't think people forget it every two years i think they just need to find like that happy medium between like where there's enough time for people to do the job right and that the audience is still going to be receptive because i get what you're saying Mm -hmm. because they released like the original Ghostbusters, and they wait five years to release Ghostbusters. Yeah, when 2. they felt it was right, and they're like, <laughs> "Okay, you know." Right, but Ghostbusters two wasn't really that great, and like people weren't super excited yeah, about it. As I read, I didn't hate it. I liked Ghostbusters two. Yeah, I mean, me personally, but I, I do like Ghostbusters two. But the reaction to it from people, I guess, who were there at the time just weren't as excited about it and didn't think it was as good. And everybody, a lot of people blamed it on that they waited too long. Hmm. But maybe that's something they could do. I just think that the scripts, they just need better scripts. They like need better people writing scripts, one. And two, they need to give good writers more time to do their work. And then they need to hire a director that's not going to tear up that script. I think they need to accept the reality that Kids who are not old enough to go to our movies still see them. And yeah, well, that's a whole separate thing. Like, they just need to rehaul or abolish I, the... I think that's that's a related thing. <laughs> that if studios would just stop trying to make things PG-13, they could tell more interesting stories. Yeah, they need to abolish the, like, MPAA rating system. Well, that's, that's a voluntary thing set aside. I, I'm saying for, like, the purposes of saying we have to write this and film it to make it into something that it appeals to this category, make it R. I was way too young to see Die Hard when I first saw it, according to the MPAA, and I haven't gone out and killed anybody yet. Yeah, it's a great movie. It doesn't yeah. change the fact that it's good. Like how? how no, I, I honestly don't get that. that. Why studios aim for that PG-13, other than that, oh, you know, 
kids that are dropped off at a movie theater in the middle of the day can go and get a ticket for themselves. Well, because you get the widest possible audience, I you, think, yeah, is their you, thing. You, like, the you get a yeah. chance to make money. Right. You get the kids, you get their parents, you get older people. I mean, hopefully, like, the success of Deadpool changed that in, you know, some studio execs' mind. Like, oh, Deadpool released an R movie, still made a bunch of money because, you know, they actually stayed true to the character and whatnot. And the, you well, know. That, that is Deadpool's character, though. Yeah. And that's, that's the way he's always been. I think the problem is that, you know, you can make the argument with the X-Men that, it, oh, it could be R-rated or it could be some bubblegum 1960s Batman bullshit. I would say the 1960s bubblegum bullshit you're talking about it has an appeal in people's hearts, but only in like a nostalgic sense. If you release a movie like that now, it'll just be bad. Like that's the point, though. Is like, and it's not like the the Batman movies. Those the good ones. Yeah, the Christian Dark Bale Knight, ones. Ba- Christian Bale. Those were R rated, right? No, no, they weren't. No, PG thirteen. Oh. But Batman didn't require that. Okay, I mean that's like the difference. Like the the whole the drama of Batman is that like he's a crazy psychopath trying to be a vigilante in this this corrupt city. Mm-hmm. That's kind of works by itself. Even PG that would have worked okay. I'm not sure the difference between PG thirteen and PG other than one fuck or something like that. That that's that's not really here or there. I oh, think yeah. as far as the the studio is concerned, though, mm-hmm. whatever's going to make the most money, I think, is what they care about. Mm-hmm. But for these comic book movies, especially, like, if you have characters who have a, a a truly dark side to them, it would probably be better for you to show that than to make them into some, like, Mr. Rogers, oh, golly gosh, when they want to say, I'm going to fucking rip your throat out, you cunt. Like, if, if that is how they speak in the comic book and how they act, then you should let them do that. Yeah, it's not like those comic books became popular because, you know, they had these watered-down yeah. characters. It's... Because, you know, they had a certain personality and they spoke like that. That's the reason why they got critical success in a comic book world. And if you water that down into a movie, then, of course, you're not going to have the same amount of, you know, the same amount of, you know, wide reception that people love it. I mean, like X-Men Apocalypse, because uh, the joke in the last one, or the, the joke in the first class one was that uh, Magneto and Professor Xavier go into the bar and they see Wolverine and they go like, oh, hey, I'm Charles Xavier. My name's Eric Lyncher. And Wolverine says, fuck off. Ha, 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 he said fuck. In this movie, Apocalypse comes to a steel mill where Magneto works and Magneto goes, who the fuck are you? Ha, 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 he said fuck. Whereas Deadpool's like, hey, do you want to sit on my face later and I'll lick your clit with my weird like avocado face and... You look like a ball sack. I'm going to fuck you up. That's funny. Well, that goes to Deadpool because, I mean, right. in the comics, that's not a line that you, you know, would be weird about reading. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Deadpool, whatever. Yeah, that works yeah. for him. That, work, that works fine for him. But I'm saying these, these other things outside of comic books, maybe like Star Wars. Let him make an R-rated Star Wars movie. That actually deals with, you know, life loss and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like losing, you know, oh, beyond, you know, just losing your aunt and uncle who, like, get burned to a crisp and you never see them like it's like oh you're actually dealing with you know loss and you know maybe you know somebody getting hurt or whatever and dealing with that type of thing and but that was that's a fine idea for the the main films like if you want to keep them as like an adventure serial and stuff or nothing like but again yeah the the small films they're the making, anthology movies yeah 
that's well that's the purported thing with Rogue One is that oh the, the original cut the guy turned in was so dark that Disney said this isn't Star Wars, you need to make it fun and, and you know, Star Warsy. No. Mm. Like show me a story about, you know, a, a slave smuggler or something in Star Wars. Like we know bad shit happens, like Yeah, it, right. it's you look at the Show me something. Show but, me show me a story that would have shown up in some of those early expanded universe novels. Like the the tales from the cantina with the guy who like sucks people's blood out with like the things on his face or Danic yeah. Jericho or something. Or, you know, a story about, you know, if they're going to make the Boba Fett movie, don't make it about Boba Fett trying to catch, you know, CGI monsters in his cargo bay. Yeah. Make it about him actually like capturing someone uh, for a bounty that may or may not be legitimate. And, you know, yeah. it's like ripping him away. Ripping this person away from their kids or something like that, and you know, it's like fuck off, kids or something like that, and like something yeah. darker, like just yeah. I mean, because well, in in the books, uh, you know, about him, it says like, oh, like he, he's a bounty hunter. He'll, you know, fine, he'll take that on because the empire rubber stamps, you know, bounties basically if you have the money. But it, you know, he also is an assassin for hire. He'll kill people if you want him to. Like, how about a movie about just a, a thoroughly amoral guy who will go out and do whatever you want? Because Star Wars has like this great good and evil conflict, but then kind of necessarily on the sides, there has to be this gray economy or gray middle area that a lot of people operate in. Like they don't care about who the the overarching top conflict is. They, they want to, you know, make money and yeah, they want to make do money well for themselves. They yeah. want to deal with the crack. They want to kill the guy, the drug lord who controls the planet. Like that's their top concern. They don't care about like you know who's going to defend their rights in the Senate. That shit puts them to sleep. Yeah. Do that. Or do a Star Trek, you know, movie about Captain Kirk becoming a genocidal maniac. Like, maybe not Captain Kirk. Because the Mirror Universe movie? I was going to say, yeah, maybe <laughs> they have to go with goatee Captain Kirk, but still. Opportunity to tell stories that are outside of, like, the what you expect, because otherwise you end up with movies like you know, we're going to talk about this next week, Ghostbusters. Every joke, every beat in the movie is just like the same as before. The only thing that's missing is the EPA guy. That's it. Yeah. The EPA guy gets replaced by like a couple other characters that I guess form like a gestalt to stop them or something. Yeah, I mean, but the, like the mayor, the mayor and his office are the EPA in the new Ghostbusters movie. But the reason that the EPA guy was funny in the first movie is that like he was completely right. Like you have these four assholes going around trying to, to trap ghosts in a toaster and putting it in the wall. Like, number one, who are they? Two, like, why are they uniquely qualified to do this? It seems kind of dangerous. He was totally right. He was a dick, but he was <laughs> right. Which is funny. And this movie is just like. Uh, you're a, you're a weird man child who works as a hotel maintenance man. I bet you don't like movies with women in them. Ha 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 ha. And the mayor's office believes in ghosts and knows about them, but it's just oh, the, like no, the U.S. government believes in ghosts. Right. We've got the fucking. Just like, we don't want you bringing attention to this because we just don't want people to know. So stop what you're doing. <laughs> Get the homeland security guys. So you just keep up what you're doing, but you know don't tell anybody about it. And we're gonna say you're frauds, by the way. That's it's fucking stupid. It's a horrible movie, and they should feel bad. Well, we'll talk about that more next week. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. Um, 
and Star Trek Beyond. So Ghostbusters and Star Trek Beyond and uh, a special guest next week to talk about how this went so badly wrong for many studios this summer, including Justin. Am I a special guest? No. You are special, though. 